0: Hello and welcome to There Giants podcast, episode number 134. Uh, I am, as always, your host, Roger winter uh, And this uh, episode's going to be a really exciting one, I think, for Giants fans and also for fans of uh, Ted Lasso, uh, because you may not know this, probably don't know this, but there is a player in the Giants farm system with a connection to Ted Lasso that's really interesting, and and we'll get to that before this episode's out. Um, today I have conversations with uh, Richmond Outfielder, von brown and right-handed pitcher carson seymour uh, before we get to those uh let me say that their giants is completely subscriber supported uh so if you'd like to get daily reports on all the actions that's going on on the farm system just uh, go to ThereGiants.com and uh and sign up and we're happy to get you newsletters every day and with that uh, i'm going to turn my attention first to von brown uh von talks to me about um, Going through a winter of rehab, trying to get back on the field as fast as he can. He talks a little bit about his relationship with Marco Luciano. And also about being a kid growing up in Florida and going to see spring training games and and ballplayers when he was little. Uh, It's funny to me that he... He he has great memories of Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond is uh, somebody who, in D.C., where I live, uh, is a sort of a legendary class act, a really highly regarded individual. Uh, so it, it, it's interesting to me that, that Brown, who's also an extremely impressive young man, would have found a, a quality role model in Desmond. Anyway, let's get to my conversation with Von Brown. Yeah. Vaughn, uh, uh, I... Uh, how are you feeling, I guess, is the first question for you. Obviously, it's been kind of a weird start to the year, you know, missing spring, going through extended and kind of moving your way up. Uh, where are you in feeling of, like, catching up from missing from missing spring training at this point?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I feel like my legs are under me now. and I'm excited I can go out there and play like I want to play. You know, the training staff has been amazing, you know, from Arizona, from San Jose, from Eugene to here now like they're just awesome and like they've helped me so much in my workouts and you know even the eating and the sleeping and everything else to kind of make me feel better on the field and I feel really good right now I feel like I'm in a really good spot to perform.
0: I remember when I talked to you last summer uh we had a kind of conversation about not getting ahead of yourself focusing on what you're doing that day um and then ironically like a week later your season ended what was that process for you when you sort of like couldn't go out there and play anymore I, I, I assume it was frustrating but, but what was the what was the feeling of having sort of a premature end to your season last year?
1: It was what can I do to get back out there as fast as possible <laughs> you know I think you know I got to Arizona and within two nights we had the conversation of okay surgery is the way to go it's going to do a little procedure on the knee and get it taken care of and then map out the plan going forward of how I can get out the feel the fastest and feel the best just so I can help the team win and get back on the field and play the game I love. Did, did it take you
0: a while to sort of accept that? Yeah, you needed to shut it down. Cause I remember coming out here to Richmond, like after you'd played your last game and you were still like taking outfield drills and taking BP. Did you
1: think that you were still gonna? It was just a few days and you were gonna get back out on the field at first? Oh yeah, 100%. You know, like when you're going through an injury, you know, you kind of you can lie to yourself pretty <laughs> easily and say, hey, everything everything feels good, you know. <laughs> The, uh, the red hot definitely helped you know numb some of that pain, but it got to a point where you know I was, wasn't helping the team win and I was you know, only hurting them as I was hurting myself even more with injury. So that's when it kind of became a point of, okay, we need to get this taken care of, get MRIs, see what we got going on and go from there. I, I remember talking to uh, Tristan Beck last year and, and he was saying one of the frustrating things about rehab
0: is you're spending all your time thinking about your body and just getting on the field and you're not thinking, spending time thinking about your craft. And like getting better at your game, I know you mapped out you know how to get back on the field. But did you feel some of that this winter that you were like you weren't able to like focus on the, on the game elements? You were more focused on the rehab.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, with the injury and the procedure I had, uh, rehab time there was a lot of downtime. So like I was on crutches <laughs> for four weeks. So like yeah, I could stand in the mirror in the hotel room and kind of look at some swings on my left leg. But I could go back. I think one thing that really helped was like video going back and looking at old video and just kind of seeing, okay, when I can get in the cage, when I can go out to the outfield, these are the things I really need to work on. I wrote down a few things. On the bases, what do I need to do to be able to steal more bases, get better jumps, get better reads? So I think that was a big thing that helped me stay present with, okay, I know I can't go out there and hit, I can't go out there and run, but I can still do things to help me work through my craft at this moment in time. What, you know, what is the process of like, taking
0: video and translating it to, you know, the physical activity. Like, the identifying something on video is one thing, but then getting it into your body in the, the cage is a different. How do you, like, take that knowledge and bring it to to the field?
1: To be honest, I get pretty uncomfortable in the cage. Yeah? You know, if I'm really feeling like, oh, I'm really late, I'm going to start really early, and it's going to be very uncomfortable. And then I'm going to end up probably being on time more more times than not. Or, like, for example... I remember last year, me and Will Clark talked about my hands being super low, and I felt like they were in a good position. I felt normal, but he was like, they're not, and you're not going to be productive with them like that. So I raised them up for about two weeks, and it was the most uncomfortable <laughs> two weeks of my entire baseball career. But then eventually, you get used to it, and you get the confidence because you are starting to hit balls, and you are starting to feel good with it, and then you just go from there. And next thing you know, three weeks is gone, and you've had them up there the whole time, and you haven't even noticed it. You know, you,
0: you say that, and I, I think I've noticed that, like, just hanging around the cage i I hear you talking with, with Corey or whoever and saying that felt more comfortable this time. It's like, is, yeah. is, it, is it like a process for you every day where it's kind of like working into comfort?
1: No, I wouldn't say working into comfort because, you know, I think there's going to be times where you're going to be very uncomfortable. I think it's times when how can I be present in the moment, in the box, you know, even if I do feel uncomfortable and still, you know, put good at-bats together, still put the bat on the ball, take good pitches, you know, things like that.
0: The procedure you had last last winter, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was on your right knee, it was your right knee that was hurt last year, but then in spring, it was your left knee that flared up. What, what kind of happened in the winter that caused the left knee to, to go bonkers, and was that like, uh, you know, oh my god, okay, it's it happening again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it was just a little overcompensating, you know, I was really gentle with the right leg, especially in the rehab process and maybe you know I don't I don't know I wish I knew a lot more about anatomy physiology I definitely stayed away from that course in college because all my friends said it was pretty darn hard but uh yeah you know I wish I had a better answer but I think maybe you know you can say overcompensating just a little bit for it and then um yeah that's about it and it was really unfortunate you know I just felt it a little bit but obviously I'd rather be safe than sorry with that especially coming back from a, a other knee injury right. you know
0: I mean uh, we know that you're kind of a, a workout warrior. You, you, you are, you believe in, you know, the weight room and, and sort of physical training. Have you learned anything in the last, you know, six months or something that's made you change how you are approaching sort of building up uh, your, ba- your body particularly, your base?
1: Yeah, you know, 100%. I think, you know, I have full trust in the strength staff, you know, like the physical side and then the rehab side as well, you know, because they're a huge part of it too, especially coming back from an injury and a procedure. And I think you know, just trusting them, saying like, "Hey, like, this is what you have today, you know," and like, I can sit down and talk with them. We can go through it, and it could be like, "Okay, like, you're not going to surpass this amount of reps or this amount of weight, and here's why." And if I have a question, it's like, "Okay, you know, maybe add this," and it's like, "Oh yeah, actually, you know what, that would be good," or, "You know what, you're already doing the quad activity. Let's not do another one to then over exert energy that you don't really need to."
0: When I was talking a couple of weeks ago to uh, to Marco. Uh, and he was talking about playing an extended. He, he mentioned that it was really valuable to have you there to kind of like, uh, you know, bounce ideas off and kind of look at each other and help each other. From your perspective, what was, what's that relationship uh, with Lucy like?
1: It's, it's really fun, you know. I think last year I remember him coming up to Eugene, and I was just really excited to play with him, you know. Heard a lot about him, never really saw him play. And, he, I mean, he's just like, he's a good guy. You know, he's always smiling, always having fun, joking around. But then when it's time to get serious, he really locks it in, and I respect that. And I think he respects that I do the same thing as well. So I think me and him, you know, feed off each other energy-wise, and he brings a lot of energy to the team, and the guys like him as well. So I think he's definitely a very valuable aspect to this team right now, and, you know, he does help a lot of guys out, you know, especially, and we help him out as well. So I think that, you know, just energy he brings and the way we can feed off of it i think helps a lot i mean you're one of those guys too you're kind of an energy guy on the field
0: and this team actually can use that because they've, they've sort of lost some energy guys either kind of promotion or injury lately do you kind of feel that that's i don't know responsibility is too big a word but you're one of the guys that's helping provide that for this this group
1: i think honestly everyone provides a little bit you know yeah. we, we actually had a conversation the other day about like kind of roles and whatnot in the team and this and that and it was kind of like you know, it depends on who's going that day. You know, if one of the guys pitching is going five strong, no hits, you know, we're, we're rolling with him. You know, Cantrell the other day had two home runs in Binghamton, and we were going with him. You know, like, those are. I think everyone has the ability to be that role. I don't think there's one person that, you know, you should rely on right. in, in any team event just to be that one guy. Because if they don't perform, then it's like, okay, you know, is it really going to work? You know, if he doesn't perform, because I think anyone any day can go out there and play really well, pitcher or uh, hitter.
0: I know just, you know, because you had the procedure last winter and, and, and the slow spring, that a lot of focus has been on, 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 on your body, on rehab, on all that stuff. But you're also making a jump to a really difficult new level. Um, from the, just the baseball side, what are the, the different adjustments you're finding that you're having to make uh, in, in this level from, from where you were last year?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, just hitting, starting a little sooner. Obviously, the Velo's up a little bit, you know. You got extra pitch thrown in there. It's not just three, maybe it's four, maybe it's five. But I think one of the really cool things is coming here and, you know, the guys like Andy Thomas I played with, Hardwell Dreddy, you know, Hayden, Whiteman, you know, I could name probably everyone in that locker room right now. And they like, are like, hey, man, this is what it, the, the jump's going to be. You yeah. know, because they've been here for a month now, I would say, as I came a little later and like, hey, man, this is what, you, this is what you're going to see. This is how it's going to be, you know, Erie. this is what they're going to do with you this week. This is what they like to do with right-handed hitters. So I think that's really cool to have the trust in them as well to tell me things like that.
0: You're a Florida guy, so I assume you have a lot of friends from your childhood, too, or probably in in the game, right? Do you have, like, a bunch of connections with sort of people you grew up with that you, you talk, talk to, too, that are in the in the pro game?
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, there's a couple guys that, you know, I played with, especially in travel ball that, you know, I'll see, like, oh, okay, like, Anthony Video. I played with him, you know, when we were 17 years old, and I'll see him in a couple of weeks when I go to Bowie. Yeah, so, like that's really cool as well and you know there's a lot of guys that i know even from florida southern you know jacob teeter jj Negro, jared candy i just saw candy you know and eugene he was pitching against us So like seeing that and like just being able to keep those relationships you know and it's really cool to see hey like we're here we're playing and we're excited for each other to do well you know
0: did you one of the cool things about growing up in florida was
1: you're near all the spring trainings did you used to do like spring training stuff when you were a kid you? Oh, yeah, we had huge team events there, huge team events, you know, and it was just really fun. A lot of birthdays were spent, you know, at Edsman Stadium, Port Charlotte, you know, going on the hill, you know, never bought a seat. Why would you go sit in an actual <laughs> seat when you go sit in the grass on the hill, run around and play? And, like, that was just a lot of fun as a kid, especially seeing, like, oh, like, those are the guys that are playing on the big screen and on the TV and, you know, you're seven, eight years old and you're out there. Doing the how hard can I throw, you know? And you're trying to break 50 that day. You know, you're getting the dipping Dots. You know, the Rainbow Ice ones are the best for sure. But um, yeah, you know, we, we love spring training games, especially you know being 10 minutes from Ed Smith. You know, I pass it every day. I go to the gym back home, and like that's really cool to me. Who were your favorites? Like, who were the players that you you really looked up to back then? Mm, um, I think Ian Desmond. Oh yeah, he went to my high school. And I remember seeing him play one day, and I was like, that was really really cool. Because then, you know, in the future, he comes out to Sarasota High, and yeah. me and him are taking reps in the outfield when he was playing the outfield. So, like, having that connection was really cool as well. And I remember just seeing, like, Machado, and I was like, man, he's so big. He is You know? Big. Like, I was like, you know, like, you see TV and whatnot, and then you get in person, and you're like, wow, he is, you know, and you're 8 years old, 10 years old, and you're like, wow, he is a ginormous human being. So, like, seeing, you know, those superstars on TV and then see, being able to see him in person was really cool.
0: Yeah, it's not just eight. I saw him when he was 19 years old in Bowie, and I'm like, whoa, man, yeah. that guy's a
1: dude. Like, what was he eating when he was growing up? Yeah.
0: Did you, when so when you were a kid, you were looking at those guys. Did you know you were going to be here someday? Was that like, yeah,
1: I'm doing that? Uh, I was like, you know, maybe if I get that v thing up to, like, 55, <laughs> maybe we'll get there. But, no, I was just, you know, as a young kid, just really enjoying the moments of my friends, you know. Like, just all the little things that we did when we were young, especially in Florida, it was, you know, it was pretty good weather for most of the time of the year, so it was like, we were never inside. You know, it was always wiffle ball, tennis ball, <laughs> baseball. You know, I remember my little sister played baseball as well, and her games were Tuesday, Thursdays. Now we Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I was there every single day of the week, you know. Tuesday and Thursdays, I was just going to hang out with my friends. You know, I wasn't even going to watch her play. I was just like, oh, I'm going to the baseball field. What else am I going to do? Get the homework done and get out of there so that was pretty cool that is cool
0: all right i got one more last question for you the, the, last year in eugene i remember you said you were retiring the ninja it was time to put it away mm. but i see it's back this year what what happened there
1: yeah i honestly it was a little cold one of the games and i, I put it on and i was like wow this feels pretty good you know the last the mask is lululemon and that's a pretty high quality material but no i just i brought it back and i was like i'm gonna go with it you know i enjoy having it there and you know it's something that I take pride in myself for having it, you know, because it reminds me of the times, you know, when I was going back after uh, COVID happened, and, you know, it just kind of reminds me of all the like the hard times and the good times having in the past and all the good times and hard times when I'm going forward. It kind of keeps me level-headed. And that's why I put it back on.
0: It's it's worked so far, so, you know,
1: yeah. stay with it, right? Yeah, 100%.
0: Well, I'm so glad to see you back on the field. Uh, and I can't wait today to spend the summer watching you play. I hope it's as successful as last
1: year's. Yeah, me too. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate the time.
0: So that was Vaughn Brown. And, uh, and next up, I have a conversation with um, Squirrel's right-handed pitcher, Carson Seymour, who came over last year from the Mets in the Darren Ruff trade. We talk a bit about uh, what it's like to get traded so early in your professional career, as well as uh, changing colleges, which, uh, which Carson also did. And yes, we talk about Carson Seymour and his relationship to Ted Lasso, um, which I think is one of my favorite stories that I've heard on the farm this year. Anyway, here is um, the extremely easygoing and very likable Carson Seymour. Okay, uh, so Carson... I think the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, obviously a lot of your teammates they they went to one school, they played with one organization. Your journey's been a little different from yeah. that, uh, going to a bunch of stops. When you were in college, how did you kind of like make the decision to to move originally from, I guess Dartmouth to K State? That's got to be a tough decision to make to kind of pick up and, and change everything you're doing. How did you get to that place where you wanted to make that change?
2: Uh, basically, kind of like tuition or. Like, at Dartmouth, the way you pay, like, changes year to year. It's kind of based on what your parents make. And my dad was a firefighter, or he still is a firefighter, but at the time he was working, like, overtime. Basically he worked a full year's worth of work, and then his overtime work was, like, 75% of one Uh another year. But all in one, like, work calendar just to pay for college, for my college. And then it went up, like, 20 grand for my what would be my sophomore year so it went like 20 grand jump and then the projection for the next two years is going to be like the full uh-huh. like 80,000 so like my dad's like you can take out two loans and like do all this and that and I was like dude like I don't really want to do that <laughs> like I don't want to be 200,000 dollars in debt <laughs> yeah, and like on top of that too I was like I want to play baseball like I don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer like, yeah kind of the things you go to an Ivy League school for, like, not saying school or getting an education wasn't, like, something of interest to me, but it was more or less, like, for what I was paying and what I wanted to do, that's just not it. Uh And then K-State, like, it was a a new coaching staff the year I was transferring, and the pitching coach is from my hometown, so it all kind of worked out that way. He was a junior college coach there and then got hired at K-State, and then I was just like, yeah, like, you can be a like preferred walk-on so basically like you get a roster spot but we don't have any scholarship right. money and so I took it and then I had to like I had to sit out my like my sophomore year just because of like there's no transfer portal at the time or it was just starting the transfer portal it was just starting right. and then the new rules hadn't taken place so I just sat out that first year case thing
0: that's really cool of your dad to like you know, obviously that's what dads do right mm-hmm. is, is, is is your dad someone who was always like an important part of your sort of baseball life growing up
2: oh yeah we growing up we went to like we started when i think it was like eight we tried to go every year to a different stadium like every summer and we got to about 18 17 or 18 maybe 20 and then like with college summer ball like it was hard and then obviously after getting drafted then it's like i spend whatever time in the season i don't know (laughs) if i want to watch another another game um uh, But so yeah, maybe one day if want to make it, like, we'll just finish it out. I'll be playing, and you can watch from the stands or something.
0: It's hard to finish because I keep building new ones. I yeah, actually have a yeah. few places where I've been to, like two. Yeah, or we three. have to.
2: I have to go back to te- to the Rangers. <laughs> we went when it was uh, the old stadium. That's new.
0: So when you when you're like you had to sit out a year, and you're joining a new uh, coaching staff, how was it? Like, how do you find the consistency in? in developing yourself the way you wanted to do mm-hmm. when you're going through changes like that.
2: It's more or less like, it was kind of just an agreement, like, with our head, my head coach, Pete. He, like, basically was like, hey, if you don't play this year, you'll just play Ball in the Cape. Like, you have a spot there for the full year. Like, just, and if you don't play, then you'll just, that'll be your season. Sonnerball will be your season type deal. So, obviously it didn't go through. Um, and... I basically was just, uh, like, a college baseball player that didn't play, like, kind of like a, like, an athlete that lifted, type feel, uh-huh. because I was, like, lifting probably four times a week, like, with my strength coach, and that was kind of when, um, Marvel, like, the Avengers or, like, the last one came out, so, like, his big thing in our weight room was, like, the different workouts for, like, Spider-Man... Iron Man and then, like, the Hulk. And then I was like, dude, we can't – we got to go past the Hulk. We got to go, like, Thanos mode, basically. <laughs> so, like, on the workout sheet, like, the picture was Thanos. So that's kind of how we went about it. And it was just, like, trying to lift heavy and throw – like, I was long-tossing probably, like, three or four times a week. And, like, we would just I – I was sitting out with another buddy of mine who transferred from Arkansas, and he's now with the White Sox. Um, and we would just – We want to play, and, like, the team would be gone, like, Saturday morning. We'd go to the field and warm up, throw, whatever, and then we'd just go to home play with the bucket of balls and just try and launch it over, like, the outfield walls just to get our, like... Just to do something, you know?
0: Did that kind of make you feel, like, when you were getting to that point where, you know, the draft was coming up or signing, getting into pro ball, that you were, I don't know, like a a hidden gem? Like, people hadn't seen the best of you because of the way circumstances played out?
2: I mean, definitely, like, I think... Well, last year I threw 100-some innings, and I was, like, all... I, four years in college, I threw, like, 67. So I, like, <laughs> pretty much threw, like, four years' worth of, like, time. Um, but, yeah, I felt like, obviously I didn't... Like, I had the stuff, but I didn't really show very well. Like, I had mm-hmm. some good games, and then the bad games I had were, like, really bad, you know? So that kind of hurts you with the long-run statistics, but... Like, I kind of started figuring out towards the end of that year, like, got moved to the bullpen. And it was just like, all right, going to just kind of do it, like, my own way type deal. Because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you're not starting anymore. Like, you're coming out of the pen, and it's college bullpen, so it's not like ours, but it's like, you're going to get in, you know? Right. Just so kind of have to earn it. I had to earn it back type deal, and it's like, all right, time to go. And then just started, just started throwing, doing well.
0: Well, so then you get into pro ball, and the same thing kind of kind of happens to you. Except it's not your decision this time. It's like someone else. You move organizations like a year in. Was that what was that experience like for you? Was that surprising?
2: Yeah, it was surprising. Like kind of going into that trade deadline. Like I was some of my old teammates. I was uh, I was like messing with them and telling them, "Oh, you're getting traded. Like you're you're done. Like we'll see. You. I'll never see you again." <laughs> like they're obviously like my good friends so it's not like that didn't mean like didn't mean it it was more like a harmless banter but like i was just like all right like yeah you're gone and then we're doing pfps on the last day of the trade deadline and then like you see a bunch of people like mets polos walking around like on the phone you're like oh shit like something's happening (laughs) and yeah and then they pulled me off the pfp line and like it coming i was like Oh, maybe I got like maybe I'm getting called up. Somebody above <laughs> me got traded, and then like, you just got traded oh. to the Giants. like, oh, okay, like, yes, that's cool, whatever. And uh, yeah, and then the kind of the rest. So we were coast to coast. We went from Brooklyn to yeah, Spokane, right. and, uh, and then after that, everything changed. what was that like?
0: Like totally changing sides yeah, I mean of the country def- for like six weeks.
2: Definitely different. Like going from the city to basically, not middle of nowhere, but, like, in nature, you know, yeah. surrounded by nature and Eugene, and, like, it was, I kind of liked it. it. was a good change, especially at, towards the end of the year, like, August and September in those places are really nice, so.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful out there. Was it easier that you were kind of going with a with a teammate? Yeah,
2: for sure easier, and, like, I'm usually, like, an easygoing guy, so it's not, like, hard for me to make friends or anything, so kind of just figured it out from there, and, yeah, I don't know, like, just one of those things where it's just, like, you, it happens to you and you're sitting there packing up all your stuff from your apartment and you're like, wow, like, that, that actually happened. Like, you don't even think the people know who you are, like, the team, like, the guys run the team, you really don't because there's, like, so many 150-plus players in the organization. Like, yeah. How'd, how do you single me out, you know? But it's good.
0: Did, did they have a, the, the Giants have a talk to you when you got there of, like, why or what kind of what what it was in your... No, not, honestly, that not like
2: really. There hasn't really... I don't really want to ask. <laughs> um, I, I just, yeah, haven't asked. And I was assuming, like, oh, they just... I mean, they There's got a good deal, there. I guess.
0: <laughs> how do you, I mean, obviously, every organization has its own philosophy. It has its own way of doing things. When you kind of, like, change a, a few times, how do you keep, like, agency and ownership of, of your own development?
2: Mm-hmm. It's more like you just... Like, it's not personal, it's just business, so it's like, all right, well, that's the case, and i I got to just continue taking care of my business and just let the chips fall where they may.
0: Um, so I want to ask you about your, your pitch mix. Um, mostly everything is power. You've got, like, the four-seam, the two-seam, and then there's a really hard uh, slider, I slider, yeah. cutter overcutter. Um, it looks like the four-seam is something you're using more this mm-hmm. year. How do you kind of use those pitches, or how do you think about uh, your pitch mix?
2: So, like, it's just kind of one of those things where it just gives hitters a different look, like, especially mixing it up with two different fastballs. Um, Just to get more play coverage, like, I'll throw the four-seam hopefully at the top, usually at the top, trying to at least, or, like, above middle, kind of that upper third. Mm -hmm. And then the two-seam, try and keep it at the bottom, so then if you do it right to a righty, you can get that top, Outside, and then that bottom inside, or inside bottom, and then that's just like a full coverage right there with, hopefully ninety five usually.
0: It's. I mean, I thought last night, and and maybe last week in Binghamton too, but last night I was here. Um, that your stuff is really like it's been trending upwards mm-hmm. for the season. It's got a little more life, a little yeah. more run to it. Are you feel like that? That you're gaining momentum sure. as the year goes on?
2: Yeah, I think. Well, start of the year, I kind of like I've lost a lot of weight, and I kind of just wasn't myself, and then basically these past couple, of, like, two, three weeks just really focusing on the diet and, like, getting that dialed in, eating, like, eating a lot of food, just because sometimes you forget, like, you're doing all this stuff, shagging, lifting, all the stuff you kind of forget to eat, and, like, it's kind of the cycle I was getting into, like, I was running in, getting it done, and then all of a sudden it's like, alright, you gotta go for the game, I'm like, shit, like, I haven't eaten, like, and you just wear it, and then you hope to eat a lot enough when you get home, but now it's gotten better, and like, alright, I'm just gonna cook and bring my food with me, so... I don't have to worry about, like, timing or anything. I can eat on my own time and all that stuff.
0: It's funny. I was just talking to Rachel. Actually, I was interviewing her mm-hmm. a little early, and she said, you know, sometimes they forget to eat with, yeah. <laughs> with everything they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, the the slider, so I've read some studies because, you know, now there's studies on everything, every aspect every pitch, that if you start getting breaking balls above, like, 85, 86, that... They become effective even if their shape isn't kind of perfect. Yeah. You know, you're throwing like 87, 88, 89. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about that pitch, what's more important to you? Is it just the power and the drive of it or, you're, or the shape?
2: Definitely, I would say right now power first and then once you get that power back because I didn't really have a lot of power that, honestly, in April. I mean, just getting uh-huh. that power back first and then worrying about the shape just because it, for me it's easier to get that power and then play with the shape later once I have it.
0: So one of the things, y- y- your your run prevention has been really, really good all year. The the strikeouts have been way down. Is that part of the uh, getting power back on your body too, is yeah. it, or is I, that? I,
2: it's a little bit of both. It's like the beginning of the year, kind of just not getting ahead of a lot of guys, so there's a lot of hitters count and kind of just have to throw fastballs, like, more or less in, like, in the hitting zone type deal, mm-hmm. just elis- trying to elicit a swing, and then uh, like right now I'm a lot of like just early, early it's like early outs, which is fine for pitch count and stuff, but obviously the strikeout numbers it's not as not as nice, but it is yeah. what it is. They'll, they'll come eventually, and then and after that we'll just keep rolling.
0: You've also kind of like, and there a lot of guys on the staff are doing this, kind of mixing roles. Sometimes you're starting, sometimes you're piggybacking. Yeah. Um, do you care? Do you like one or the other? Does the, does it matter to you how you're no, being used?
2: I Honestly, I don't care. I was telling my dad and my mom, I was like, as, as long as I get to keep playing, like that's all I care <laughs> about. So, yeah, I could really care less about coming in or starting. It's just, it's all the same. You
0: do know. you do you care like innings? Like, do you want to stretch out and like throw more and more innings? Or does yeah,
2: I mean, I think everyone wants to throw more and more innings, but. I'm just once again. I'm just happy that I get to keep playing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, no it's one's told me I can't. It's a good game anymore. So,
0: I noticed last night you were you were you were warm up I think in the second, and when I was thinking like, oh, is Roof going to come up for the third? And and then he did. Are you when you when you come into the game? Are you still using your kind of starters? What yeah,
2: I think I like I like to throw a little more than some guys and. It's one of those things where I, I feel like I take a little bit long, not necessarily like longer to get hot, but I like to feel like ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get those like 20, 25 pitches in, feel ready to go instead of like a, a 12, and then you get eight out there. So like and it's really not like I'm not going max, max effort in that bullpen uh-huh. either, you know, just like trying to feel it out. And then the, probably those last 10 or 15 and start getting more game-like, and then eventually I'll be ready after that eighth pitch.
0: So as you're kind of like getting into the season and feeling like yourself and and looking, looking really good, what are your, I don't know, like development goals? Like what are you trying to mm-hmm. get better at as you're getting into this year?
2: We're just honestly trying to make two distinct breaking balls with the curveball and the slider and mm-hmm. get that in the zone. That's kind of a big thing. And then just keep... Attacking hitters, like getting that first pitch strike, is important.
0: Did you last year have a cutter too, or
2: no? It was a slider. It was it's slider. a little different this year. I got my appendix taken out. Ooh. This off season, so I have like it's just a my um, release points are a little different than last year.
1: Nice just
2: numbers, but I at least I think that's why my release is a little different because I don't have a little well, organ. You know we're gonna miss.
0: Which uh, probably is why you lost yeah. weight too,
2: right? Yeah. Uh no, not during the season. I think it was just more or less like, like just not eating enough, and then I just yeah, I don't know. I think I had to do a little bit of research on on what happened, but it's like because we did the in body, and like I lost a lot of muscle, like muscle skeletal muscle mass. Uh-huh. So it was basically like I was losing all that weight, and everything I was losing was all muscle. So it's just like there's no power, nothing. No strength behind it, but then slowly but surely got it back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's noticeable. Um, so, it's moving. Uh, part of what you do here is development. Mm-hmm. Part of it's competitive. Yeah. You guys have been going through a tough stretch. Um, I don't know what what's kind of like the vibe check uh, of the team. How do you, you know, mentally get help each other get through what's going on right now?
2: You honestly just have to stay positive. You yeah. know, it's just like. You got, I don't even know, but what, 140 games. It's like you're going to have good streaks, bad streaks. Yeah. That's just part of it. And knowing that today's a new day, I think is like one of the more important things because the only thing that matters now is tonight's game. Like yesterday's over. Yeah, we lost it in the 10th. It doesn't matter. Like there's a bunch of things that go into that loss that are just like, I got to walk two guys and then give up a hit. That's two runs we went three to one. So it's it's a totally different thing, you know? So it's more. it was more or less just like a team, like, team lost. it's whatever, it is what it is, and move on. Like, we played a good game. We played a good game for nine innings. We did. So, for the most part, like, just knowing that and just coming back today and playing.
0: That's, I think kind of like fans or just people who are outside, it. that's one of the things that's always a little magical about athletes, that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Dwayne Kuyper always talks about the tricks you play on yourself yeah. to, to, like, help yourself do that.
2: Um, I don't know. Do you have do you have mind tricks you you play with yourself or to help keep that good friend in mind? Usually it's just knowing. I don't know. Just knowing that it's all it's all, there's already like it's already like been predetermined. I'm like like just I guess sort of religious, but it's just one of those things where it's like it's already happened, now You just got to do it type deal. Like it's hard to explain that. It's just having faith, I guess, and knowing that. There's going to be good times, bad times, and then what you learn from the bad times, you know, is what makes the good times even better.
0: No, that's, I think that's Kang the Conqueror now is, what you, <laughs> which is the marvel you've gotten into. Um, okay, I, I can't leave without asking you uh, uh, <laughs> about a connection you have to Ted Lasso, I've been told, by, yeah. by one of your, your roommates. What is your connection to Ted Lasso? So
2: my girlfriend's dad was Jason Sudeikis, basketball coach. So a lot of the... like. Basically, Ted Lasso, the character of Ted Lasso, is a combination of like Sudeikis dad and Donnie, my girlfriend's dad. So like he's been on the Today Show and Good Morning America and stuff, like talking about it and like all those sayings, like the goldfish saying that's that's Donnie, and he just that's just a really good guy too, and it's it's just it's that's that's who he is. He's Ted, he's literally Ted Lasso, like a real life Ted Lasso, and it's pretty it's cool to watch, and it's just cool to know that. Yeah, you, you watch know? the show
0: and go, that's that's totally yeah, him. Yeah. Does he watch the show?
2: Uh, yeah, I think he. I think he did. I'm not sure. My parents love it, so they love it. A lot of guys on the team love it, and obviously a lot of people love it. It's, it's a
0: pretty great show. Yeah. I mean, talk about good frame of mind. Yeah. That's a really good positive frame of mind. Have you ever got to meet Jason Sudeikis? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, maybe one of these.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate you taking a little uh-huh. time to chat yeah, with me, yeah. and and you know, good luck on the season. Thank uh, you. Things are really trending up, I think. Absolutely. All right. Sure. Thanks, Carson. And that's it for this week's uh, There are Giants podcast. I know it's been a, a little bit of a, a blizzard of podcasts lately. Uh, I hope you got to hear my, my uh, interview with uh, the Richmond nutritionist, Rachel Rodriguez, last week, as well as my um, talk with Joe Rizzo about the San Jose team yesterday. Uh, we're going to slow down for a while <laughs> until we build up a few more interviews. Uh, but I'm sure I'll have something for you next week. Until then, uh, enjoy the ball yard, everybody.